Warning. The following contains biblical content, raw gospel, sudden and spontaneous worship, and something not preached everywhere. The Word of God. This is church formatted for the internet. Coming up next, now here they are, saints on a mission from God. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Kevin. It's uh, Christmas Eve and the title of this podcast is Ho Ho Ho, You Cannot Cancel Christmas. Everywhere you go you hear uh, Christmas music. One even in a Walgreens today, I was in there and they're playing the music overhead but not not the words of course. Um, the words go like this, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The next line is the one, the key line that sums it all up Christmas. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Christ has been born a Savior, and that is what we celebrate every year on Christmas. The Queen of England I saw on a tabloid in the uh, front of the store, a large picture of her bigger-than-life face right there on the front page. The Queen of England cancels Christmas. I heard Ireland is uh, going to a level five shutdown until St. Patrick's Day. That'll be interesting. But all throughout the years, Christmas has been celebrated by Christians around the world in different ways and in different places. Social distancing is not a reason to cancel Christmas. Social distancing is the wrong phrase. Physical distance is the correct term because, and here it is, a truth you'll want to hold on to. You can be social and distanced today. Just in the uh, media that I put together, brought together 75 or more Christians that I know will be uh, watching the watching the video and celebrating together from their own homes. God is spirit. We have a spirit. There is no distancing between God and us. You've heard the term, I'll be there in spirit. Well, it's just not an excuse for not coming. It's a, it's a physical, a real thing that when uh, God that is with us, he makes it all possible. A pandemic cannot kill Christmas, no more than King Herod could 2,000 or so years ago. So just join with me today, this evening, Christmas Eve 2020, and the following hour of audio is Christmas as we celebrate together a new year with our Savior. Allow God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to comfort you. Trust in what Jesus has done for you. Become a believer and follower today. And may I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God until we meet greetings, felicitations, and blessings to the church that meets at your house. I'm Pastor Kevin and hope to be with you again next week. You cannot cancel Christmas. He is already with us. UMC Christmas Eve service. It's starting now and we have 10 miles to go. No, no, no. They are not having an in-service celebration because of C-19 and the governor's orders. It will be premiered on YouTube. Hey, I just searched for Hope UMC Duluth on YouTube and found it. Well then, let's pull over in a nice spot and watch it. This is awesome. They are reaching the church, the definition of which is where the people are. 
distance cannot separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 38-39 It is not nice to talk during the prelude. Let's quiet down and pay attention. Pull over first and put it in park. void and darkness covered the face of the deep while the wind from the god swept over the faces of the waters he was the beginning with god all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being and then god said let there, let there be, be light. light and there was light what has come into being with in him was life and life was light of all people and god saw the light was good and god saw the light was good the light shines in darkness and, and the, the darkness, darkness did not overcome it thank you
Christmas is Waiting to be Born by Howard Thurman. Where refugees seek deliverance that never comes, and the heart consumes itself if it would live, where little children age before their time, and life wears down the edges of the mind, where the old man sits with mind grown cold, while bones and sinew, blood and cell, go slowly down to death, where fear companions each day's life, and perfect love seems long delayed. Christmas is waiting to be born in you, in me, in all mankind. Please join me in singing Away in a Manger. Scripture, Luke 1, chapters 46 to 55. The Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped my servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Please join me in singing O Little Town of Bethlehem.
Risk of Birth by Madeline Langall. This is no time for a child to be born, with the earth betrayed by war and hate and a comet slashing the sky to warn that time runs out and the sun burns late. That was no time for a child to be born in a land in the crushing grip of Rome. Honor and truth were trampled to scorn, yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth, and by a comet the sky is torn, yet love still takes the risk of birth. <laughs> Our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. In those days a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in, an in, in a manger because there was no place for him at the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. May God add their blessing to the hearing and responding of this word. Amen.
This all-too-familiar story tells of a young woman, Mary, and her partner, Joseph, as they themselves travel to Bethlehem, the town in which Joseph was from, in order to be counted for a census. This census, or this logging of citizens, was directly correlated to the taxes that Rome was going to impose on the people. For you see, Mary and Joseph lived in a state in which the Roman Empire occupied and had taken over their hometowns. Now, skipping the census could have meant massive consequences for both Mary and Joseph. And they already had their hands full as they awaited the birth of the child that Mary was carrying. A child that was proclaimed to be the Prince of Peace, Savior, Emmanuel, and the Light of the World. While Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, our scripture tells us that the time had come for her to deliver her child. And in two short verses, Jesus was born. An ordinary birth of a tiny, ordinary baby boy born to ordinary parents. Christmas is the time in which Christians celebrate this ordinary birth that has a profound effect on our lives. As a preacher, every time Christmas approaches, I always find that I ask myself, how can I tell this familiar story in a new way? While it is a story that is very deserving of any and all bells and whistles, we must take the time to recognize that it is a story that details a very simple and ordinary event. Babies are born every single day. Babies are born in times of famine and times of abundance, times of war and times of peace. Even in the middle of a global pandemic, babies are still born. So this birth was nothing new or spectacular. It came with the same pains, the same screams, and the same bodily fluids as any other birth. Yet every year, we gather. We gather with friends and family, and we listen to this familiar story, whether it's from Linus telling us about it on a peanuts Christmas, or perhaps somebody in your family reads this story, or you come to church, where you hear it told again, and we celebrate this ordinary, not-too-spectacular, everyday, run-of-the-mill birth. But this story... It's a funny story, if you ask me. It's funny because it means different things to each of us who hear it. We all have our own journeys that we have taken when it comes to approaching this story and harboring the birth of Christ within our own souls as we journey with God throughout our earthly lives. While an ordinary story, it sure is peculiar. And no matter how many times you hear it, depending on what you're going through or where you have been or what the year has unfolded around you to be, you will always hear something just a little differently. And after Luke tells us of the story and he writes of the birth of Jesus, again, remember, only two verses. We are transported to a scene in which angels have come to shepherds in a field as they were tending their flock. Against the backdrop of the ordinary birth scene, this is quite the extraordinary scene that unfolds. You would think the bells and whistles of an angelic appearance would surround the new parents as they cradled and cared for the Son of God in the manger. Yet the angels appeared out of the darkness of night, to shepherds tending their sheep. Now, shepherds were shiftless and dishonest people within the first and second century. They often took their flock of sheep to graze on other people's land. And it would be to no surprise of anyone if that's where these angels happened to find these shepherds. So this extraordinary scene becomes even more peculiar to us. Why would angels... The angels of God entrust such deceitful thieves with such an important message. They would because that is the scandal of the Incarnation. God put on flesh and entered into the bowels of the earth through the very ordinary and messy process of birth. 
And while here, God as Christ lived a life of love and grace that made the most rich and powerful tremble. The ordinary birth of Jesus was the birth of the Messiah, who was born under Roman oppression and would overthrow the powerful and raise the oppressed. And this news, this news of this coming of God into and on earth was too much for the heavens to contain, so the angels went in the middle of the night and found shepherds. The angels did not go to the elite or the kings or the priests in the temple. No. The angels went and proclaimed the good news of Christ's birth to the shiftless, deceitful, untrustworthy people standing out in the field who probably smelled as fresh as the sheep around them. And that begs us to ask the question, why? Why would angels choose shepherds over the elite? Why would the angels trust people who were seen as shiftless and were outcasts rather than the priests who were upright and noble? Simply because that is the scandal of the incarnation. God comes into the comes into the broken world unobtrusively, and God comes to the broken and the lost. God comes to the poor and the homeless. God comes to the hungry and the thirsty. God comes to the marginalized and the oppressed. God comes to those who think they are the least deserving because our God is the God of the marginalized, is the God of the oppressed, is the God of the poor and the hungry and the homeless. Our God the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who hung the stars in all of their majesty, came into this world in the most humble and most vulnerable ways possible. As a baby. All to showcase the love that God has for each of us. All to show us that we have not been abandoned, nor have we been forsaken, nor have we been left alone. And each of us, each of us comes to this story from different roads. Some of us come to it through the historical and the scholarly investigation. We comb over the details from every single one of the Gospels to figure out how they companion with the historical facts of what we know from the day in which Jesus was born. And some of us come to this story from the road of dramatic and moving experiences. We find solace in the encounter that the shepherds had, recounting our very own angelic moments of which Christ came to us in the dark night of our own souls. We find comfort in knowing that broken people just like us were the first to hear the proclamation that a great joy had come to all people. Some of us, most of us, come to this story from the road of our very own lives. We are tired and we are weary from all that 2020 has thrown at us. And we find solace in the tired and weariness of Mary. Tired from traveling. Tired from birthing. Tired from being away from the ones we love the most, just as Mary and Joseph were. You see, Mary and Joseph traveled to a foreign land. Though it was the home of Joseph and his ancestors, it was still foreign to them. It was not their home. Yet it is in Bethlehem in which they made their home. They were away from both their families, their friends, and their communities who would have surrounded them with love and comfort as they welcomed their first child. And I feel like this is perhaps a road that all of us are a little too familiar with this Christmas season. For we too have been away from our friends and our families. We have tried to make a home and find peace in ways in which weren't necessarily our homes or ways of being peaceful. 
But no matter the road in which you took to get here, no matter the road in which you find yourself on here and now, we all arrive at the same place. A manger that is filled with the smells and the feelings of new life. New life born to us and to Mary and Joseph. And we are faced with the pivotal story and message of this Christmas scene and Robert Frost's most famous poem. That pivotal moment is the fact that we must choose. The road not taken isn't so much about the journeys in which we travel, but more so about the choice. The road not taken is about the choice in which the journeyer makes, which leads them down the road in which they take, knowing that they cannot take multiple roads at the same time. And each road holds its own mystery and wonder, which makes the choice, in my opinion, that much harder. And here in Bethlehem, we too have a choice. We have heard the familiar story and we are encouraged to praise and worship the miracle that this new life brings to us. For praise and worship are literally the only appropriate responses to such great news. But we are also faced with the choice of internalizing the miraculous story of a baby born who would grow to lay the foundation for an alternative realm filled with peace, love, joy, and hope. It is no coincidence that Christ was born under Roman oppression. He was born at the time of Augustus, who was known as the great bringer of peace, yet Christ is and was and will forever be the Prince of Peace. And it's to no coincidence that people had assumed that they were safe from the violence of war, and they assumed that there was no need for being saved by anyone. Yet Christ was and is and forever will be the Savior, sent to save us from ourselves and our tendencies to indulge in systems that take us further from God than we realize. The Savior helps us to walk away from pathways of harm and destruction and into abundance and joy. And it's no coincidence that Christ was born and we hear the story amid a global pandemic. Because Christ is Emmanuel, God with us, and the light of the world, the source of our hope, the hope that sparks within us revolution. The hope that allows us and gives us the strength to hold on and to know that dawn is coming. You see, this ordinary birth opened the world to a revolution. A revolution of love and grace. One that would ultimately cause the powers that be to tremble with fear so much that they wanted to snuff out the spark that ignited the fire of God's reign. And they tried. The powerful thought they won when they had killed the Christ child. Yet on the third day the stone rolled away and the light of the world rose again, proclaiming once and for all that God's love the love born to us this night wins every time. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. That is the final stanza of The Road Not Taken, written by Robert Frost. And it beckons us to examine the roads in which we ourselves have taken to Bethlehem, and how it opens us up to the paths beyond the manger, paths of peace, love, joy, and hope. Things that seem so simple and ordinary, and yet are so hard to actualize in our own lives. 
For us this evening, while the manger holds the light of the world, it also casts a broad net of an alternative way that subverts the systems of evil in this world. And we are beckoned to stoop and see. We are beckoned to come and cradle the life that leads to everlasting life. We are beckoned to welcome the ordinary child into our every ordinary lives so that we may be extraordinary co-creators with the God who lives and journeys with us. God does extraordinary things. And God has entrusted us with the greatest gift of all, just as God entrusted the shepherds to come and see and proclaim that joy had been brought to all of the world, peace and goodwill to all humankind. And so because we have been entrusted with this gift, the greatest gift of all, we are simply asked, to give praise and worship through the simple acts of loving God and loving our neighbor. So this Christmas, no matter the road in which you chose to get here, we find ourselves here. We shout with acclamations, praise and thanksgiving to the God who was birthed and lived among us. Who knows the experiences of human life and suffering? And we are encouraged and activated to embark on the roads of peace, love, joy, and hope. Roads that are less traveled by. And we are encouraged to allow it to make all of the difference for us so that we may work to make all the difference for the world. We have to choose what to do. We have come to Bethlehem. We have seen the Christ child. So may we go on these paths of peace, love, hope, and joy. And may we, in tandem with the Christ child, make all the difference for the world. Amen. At this time in our service, we will be lighting our Christ candle. We find ourselves on the road of wonder and curiosity. The astonishment that is life ignites our spirits, and we are engulfed with the warmth of belonging. Let us hold fast to this familiar story that has extraordinary meaning. This recounting of the mystery and wonder that illumines the truth upon which we set the whole of ourselves. Let us come back to it over and over and over again until we are filled with the marvel that is our life, its peace, its love, its joy, its hope. Infused then with all that we are, may our resources be given to the transformation of this world from turmoil into peace, from indifference into love, from despair into joy, and from fear into hope. May we be courageous in our journey. May the road lead us to love eternal. We light this candle this evening as the symbol of the Christ child who was and is and forever will be the light of the world. Amen. At this time, I'm going to encourage you to grab a candle of any kind as we light our own candles from the source of our own hope. The light of the world which illumines each and every one of us and our souls and our spirits as we sing together Silent Night, Holy Night.
the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. I encourage you to pay attention to the light that shines from the Christ candle and illumines your house, illumines your face. The light and the warmth that it gives off is the light of Christ that dwells in each of us. I will encourage you all to continue to keep your candles lit as you receive this blessing. This blessing is called Blessing of the Way by Jan Richardson. With every step you take, this blessing rises up to meet you. It has been waiting long ages for you. Look close, and you can see the layers of it. How it has been fashioned by those who walked this road before you. How it has been created of nothing but their determination and their dreaming. How it has taken its form from an ancient hope that drew them forward and made a way for them when no way could be seen. Look closer, and you will see this blessing is not finished. That you are part of the path it is preparing. That you are how this blessing means to be a voice within the wilderness and a welcome for the way. Christ is born. May we go in peace. Amen. At this time, let us close out our service by singing Joy to the World.
Christmas. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. There's a dog. Merry Christmas, everybody. And Happy New Year. And God bless each of you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Holiday greetings from Deb and Art. We look forward to a time when we can safely worship together. We miss our Hope family. And we wish you a Merry Christmas. And a healthy, Happy New Year. See you next year. Karen and Vern Stocky here. I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. To all our church family. Hi, my name is Maddie Schaefer. I'm a cantor and a singer at Hope UMC Duluth. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Woohoo! Hey, it's Marcia, Michelle, and Gracie in her Santa hat and beard. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Dear Hope Church family and friends, this is Marge Ballou wishing everyone a peace and love and joy and hope and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's been a terrible year, our church friends we miss, but it gives us great pleasure to sing out like this. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and a Happy